Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Amen. Romans 11 and verse 33 will begin there. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Say that, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How many know there's a difference between wisdom and knowledge? I know smart, stupid people. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They got a lot of knowledge, but they don't got common sense. Right? He said both the wisdom and the knowledge. of Knowledge is how something works. Wisdom is how you should work with that system. Amen. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor? Or who hath first given to him, and shall it be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory forever amen that's a powerful statement for of him and through him and to him are all things look at somebody and say all things to whom be glory forever amen now drop down to the familiar passages 12 and 1 Remember, we, we, the book was not written in chapter and verse. These are letters. The translator divided it for, for trying, to, uh, trying to categorize thought process. And so sometimes when we see a break between chapters, we think the mind of the author has switched. As if he put his pen down and came back a day later, or he went off in a different direction, when actually it's all flowing together. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your above and beyond blue ribbon, medal of honor, pat on the back, you get an award, and a cookie service. Is that what he said? He said, this is your it ought not be unreasonable you mean God wants me to live holy yes and it shouldn't be unreasonable you mean God wants me to have holy communication yes and it shouldn't be unreasonable you mean God wants me to dress holy yes and it shouldn't be unreasonable because that's your basis because if you struggle with that you're not even at reasonable yet so if you struggle with that you need to go back Oh, the depth and the riches of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. Well, how can I know the depth and the riches and the knowledge of God? Are you ready? 
It starts with a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That, uh, uh, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Now he's telling us how we can find the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Too often times we leave the parenthetical context of a favorite scripture and not understand that Paul is still writing about how we can get the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Paul, how do we get the wisdom and the knowledge of God? Well, I contend with you that you would present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Amen. I want to talk tonight teach, preach, and, and we're going to talk about the will of God and knowing the will of God. How many want to know the will of God? And I'm going to talk about the, knowing the will of God and, and, and more than just do, you know, do I wear sandals or boots or flip-flops or high heels? The will of God, do I take this job? I'm talking about that is part of it, but that's not all of it. I want to know the will of God. Amen. I, I want to see the mysteries that God has for my life. Amen. And let's pray together right now. Jesus, you are so good. You are more than marvelous to us. Your word is so rich. It is so relevant to every phase, every facet of our life. Lord, I'm praying tonight, would you just captivate and arrest our attention? Would you grab us as if it were like a parent holding each side of the face of their child? Look deep into our eyes and our spirit tonight and speak into us, God, how that we can know better your wisdom and knowledge and your will for our life. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Look at somebody as you're seated and say, I want to know the will of God. You can be seated. Amen. Some things in knowing, and I'm going to talk about the will of God in more than one facet. And uh, hold on, i got to reset my clock here. Since Brother uh, Garza has been falling off his duty of keeping up with my time, I had to uh, re-download to try and keep up with my time. <laughs> Amen. So... Uh, You've already been replaced by technology, amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, and I've got it set for 90 minutes. Don't, I'm just kidding. It's not a 90 minute. Um, there are two levels to the will of God that I want us to know, but some things don't require prayer to know God's will. Some, some things don't require <clears throat> meditation to know God's will. Uh, your bank account... Uh, is negative by you know $87 and you're in line with a hundred dollar check and you realize that by the time they deduct the fee that it costs that you're still not going to really have enough money to survive and so you are in line thinking if I pull a gun on them and I get $10,000 my problems are going to be Lord 
send me a sign if you don't want me to rob this bank. Okay, you don't need to pray about that. All right, you ain't Jesse or Frank James, okay? Okay, that's a um, true Western brothers, the James brothers. Brother Henderson knows who I'm talking about. Uh, thank you, Brother Henderson. I almost felt alone there for a minute. They were very famous bank robbers back in the day in the South. And so, um, you, you know, you don't got to pray, God, do you want me to rob this bank? Or, or have an opportunity to cheat someone or cheat on someone or lie about something. You, you, you really don't have to seek the will of God for that. Lord, do you want me to slap my boss in the mouth? They may, dis- they may have earned what's coming, but you don't need to pray about that. Um, Lord, um, this, this person at work is flirting with me. Uh, should I flirt back? Well, if you're married, you don't need to pray about that. Matter of fact, if you need to pray about it, go ask your spouse. She'll probably leave an indelible impression on you why you shouldn't do it. And you'll go to work the next day with four fingerprints on the side of your face. And the next time that, that office hussy bats her eyes at you, your face is going to sting a little bit. Go, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really need to pray about that. Amen. Some things, some things don't require prayer. Uh, some things are, are, are more ambiguous. The, the longer you live for God, the, 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 they're not as clear cut. Or let me say, when you initially start living for God, some things are not, some things are not clear cut. Some of you will remember these struggles. Um, I'm going to start out slow, and I think we're going to go somewhere here tonight that before it's over with, um, I believe God's just going to just, his presence is going to fall on this place in a great way. But I need to start on a, on a, on a uh, micro level or a macro level before I can go to a micro level. I need to start in a very broad sense that we can all understand. You remember when you first came to the Lord and <clears throat> you'd just been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, you're, you're, starting, you're starting to live for God. You're, you're, you're starting to realize, Brother Ricardo, there are some things in my life I shouldn't do anymore. You know, nobody had to go to you and sit down with a list and say, okay, here's what you're going to do, Brother Ricardo. You can't do this, can't do that, can't do this, got to do this, have to do that, can't do this, can't go there, can't see this, can't do that. Because the Holy Ghost is in you, it, it'll start telling, uh-uh. That, that something, something's off. Something's up. Remember that when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, I can't tell you how many stories I know where God filled people with the Holy Ghost and they went home, didn't know anything about church, didn't know all they knew is they got filled with the Holy Ghost, got baptized. They went home, opened the refrigerator, and reached for a can of beer, and all of a sudden, nobody even said anything to them. All of a sudden, they start going, Oh, something in here is not right about this. Okay. Now, if you need the Holy Ghost to tell you, uh, you know, uh, every little thing, it's not going to do that. It's going to nudge you. It's your guide. It's your, you know, we, we rented a car, I think it was uh, at, at Bot. We rented a car that had the, um, I don't know if y'all have seen this. They, they have sensors on each side of the seat. And so when somebody passes you, it goes on the left side. If they pass you on the left lane, which is very rare for me. And they pass you up on the left lane. So, and when it did that, I went, oh, God, have mercy. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I thought I was having a stroke in my left hip or something. It was just, I mean, it started. But they ought to warn people from that. I almost hit somebody. 
And, and it just kind of, kind of guides you. Oh, there's somebody coming up on that side. And then, and then, you know, you get a little too close to the line and, and, and it'll start doing it. I mean, it's like, you remember those little things you used to, little rings, you used to have a little buzzer on the inside. You shake somebody's hand. They put those in your seat now. They put them in your seat now, and, and Sister Raleigh, I never wind, wound it up. I don't know where it got all its power, but it's powerful. It'll, and it'll start, even if you know it's coming, it's going to startle you. And you back up, and, and if you're backing out of a parking lot, it's, and the whole time. And, and matter of fact, after a while, you're like, you know, this is pretty nice. I'm just going to stay in tight spots all day, a little bit higher, a little, a little to the right. I mean, it's just doing this the whole time. Automatic lane correction. Um, uh, it was driving me nuts. I mean, because, you know, when I, I don't put on my blinker and they go, to turn to pass somebody. I just let it drift a little bit. You can, it'll, the, the computer will grab it and shove it right back in the lane. And so my wife, I got so mad at it. And I got out at the, the um, uh, convenience, the gas station, and I said, I'm going in to get some coffee can you fix that thing? And I, and I come back, and she was in there. She had it fixed. She had it turned off, and, and I was able to stay full of the Holy Ghost the rest of the day because it, it was going to cause a wreck. You, you see, the Holy Ghost is not going to take over your body and force you not to do something. What it's going to do is put some guides in there. It's going it's to it's it's put a little nudge in there. If, if, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many people I know that I, I've known over the years that, that, would, that would commit sin and, and, and blatant sin and say, but if God didn't want me, I prayed, God, if you didn't want it to happen, stop it. Now, listen. <laughs> That's not the way it's going to happen all the time. Matter of fact, it's probably rarely going to happen like that. If, if you need God to physically stop you from sinning, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost again. And stay full of the presence of God. Amen. Uh, um, 1 Corinthians 14 and 38 is one of my favorite scriptures. And, and Paul uh, uh, said, uh, let him that be ignorant be ignorant. Y'all didn't even know that was in the Bible. Paul said it. Paul said, let the stupid people just be stupid. They're just going, you know what? It's just, if you've prayed and you taught and they're still going to do it, you know, just let it happen. They, they don't believe me. Put it up on the screen. They don't believe me that that scripture's in the Bible. It's there. It ought to be your new favorite scripture, 1 Corinthians 14 and 38. Uh, you, 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 you've got to get this understanding. God's not going to force you to do anything. If you want to be ignorant, he's going to let you be ignorant. Getting the Holy Ghost didn't make you smart. If you were dumb before you got saved, congratulations, you're a saved dummy. Now you've got to let the Holy Ghost lead you and guide you. Is it there? If any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Y'all didn't believe me, did you? It's there. Y'all to take a picture of that and say, my God, this is going to help me get through work. Instead of walking through your house thinking, God, change these idiots. This is going to come to you and you're going to go, oh, let them be ignorant. <laughs> but you've got, you got, you got to know the will of God for your life. Some things are obvious. It's obvious. You know, don't swerve and hit that person that's standing too close to the, the, the crosswalk. Some things are, but some things are not as obvious. And this is where you need to stay tuned in 
to the Holy Ghost in your life. You need God to continue. This is why you've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost is going to give you that guidance. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons. He didn't say those that are forced by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Those that are drugged by the hair of their head are the sons of God. Those that are put in handcuffs and shackled and drugged. Is, no, it says if you're led. There's a difference between being led and being driven. The Holy Ghost is not going to drive us. It's going to lead us. And we must have the attitude that I I want to know the will of God in my life. And the first will of God that I'm talking about in our life is the purposed will of God in our life. Now, Paul starts this whole conversation saying, by, by talking, about, uh, um, uh, talking about the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgment, his ways are past finding out. He didn't say to pray to find out the ways of God, but rather the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Matter of fact, the writer said, if any man lacks wisdom, if any man lacks wisdom, then let him ask of God who giveth liberally. It's the only time you see that word in your Bible, liberally, which means he the, the, the Hebrew word picture is that it's, it's, it is pouring an overly large container on an overly small receptacle. It's like pouring a five-gallon bucket of water on a six-ounce cup on the table. He said, ask of God if you need wisdom, and he will not give it to you in lack. He's not going to take out a little eyedropper and say, well, th that's enough for you right there. No, he's going to pour out a bucket. He's going to pour it out in a way that it's going to run all over the cup, over the table, drop on the floor, run out the door, run down the porch, down the steps, in the yard, down the sidewalk, on the curb, down in the gutter, down the... I want so much of the wisdom of God flowing in my life that people can sense it before they ever see me. I want God's wisdom in my life. I don't need man's wisdom. I don't need man's uh, uh, philosophy. I don't need man's. I want the wisdom of God in my life. But how do I get it? How do I get it? Well, it's, it's some of those things, when you begin to serve God, uh, you begin to learn. If to, you learn to be sensitive to God. Everybody say, be sensitive to God. You learn to be sensitive to God. You, you learn. At first, it's just big no's and big yeses. And, and then the longer you live for God, it goes from two-letter word instructions to, to more fragmented senses. It's, in, in essence, it's how you train a child. Amen. Um, you, you, don't, you don't sit down, you know, with, uh, I've watched Sister uh, Raleigh with, with Junior. She doesn't sit there at Junior and go, now listen, Junior, I need you to understand the complexities of thermodynamics. And if you don't understand the law of thermodynamics, if you don't understand that if you take your little hand, it's cute and it's chubby, and, and you reach up there and you touch the stove and it's white hot, well, it's going to hurt. No, you, a child doesn't understand. You say, No. You, you know, you don't even say don't touch. You just say no. They don't even comprehend don't touch. Just no. Now, when he gets older, you have a different conversation. 
You're just like your father. Quit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that works, Brother Omar? Anything good, we go, man, that kid's just like me. Anything bad, you are just like your mother. Just like your father. Jesus had a little bit of that in him, too. He looked at the Pharisees and said, you are of your father, the devil. It's simple yes, simple no. Simple yes, simple no. Then, then, then the complexities. That this is where wisdom comes. See, knowledge is yes and no, but wisdom is the why behind the yes and the no. Come on, and, and, and so all of a sudden, you, you know, taste not, touch not. Basic, don't touch, don't taste, don't be a part of that. And then the, the older you grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of God, then you understand the why. I didn't, I didn't mean to go this deep, but, but buckle up your hip waders. We're going to walk out a little bit. You see, some stands we take in the church aren't because of the thing we're standing for. That thing in and of itself is the sin. It's what is attached to that thing. It's where that thing can lead. This is the reason you don't set a toddler on a subway train and then wave. It's not that that subway cart is too dangerous for that little innocent toddler. It's the fact it's going to take that little child to places it will not be able to sustain itself in. It's where it leads without guidance. Amen. There are some things we teach. I know people, people say, well, I don't see that exact phrase in the Word of God. And you may not, but what you will find is the spirit of it. Well, I don't get it. Well, I'm not asked to obey only when I get. I'm asked to obey and ask God for wisdom in my obedience. We've gotten to be a generation where God's got to prove everything to us six times over and spell it out in hieroglyphics before we're even willing to contemplate whether we'll compromise to do that. The Bible said, well, I guess I'll sacrifice and do it. But there's something better than sacrifice. It's called obedience. There are things I did in living for God for a long time before I understood why I did them. Pretty basic things. Like when you first come to God and you start hearing about tithe, the 10%. Man, what is up with this? 10%. They mean cents? I can do that. Start giving 10 cents a week, you know. I can handle that. Pra, pra cents. Where'd you start getting the pra from? Pra cent. Well, why in the world do I need to do that? I don't. But you start obeying, right? You start obeying it. And, and you kind of get it in general terms. Okay, it belongs to the Lord. Got it. You know, it's in the scripture. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. I'll do it. Okay, here we go. But then all of a sudden you start noticing that God starts increasing your life. How many notice that? How many, how many of you can still remember, you don't have spiritual amnesia, you can still remember when you started paying tithe and giving offering, and you thought, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. 
I, but you know what? They said, do it. I'm going to do it. And when I get to the end of the month and I ain't got no, no money for my honey, and then all of a sudden you get to the month and you're like, whoa, I actually have, how is it that I have more? You see all these nods and amens happening around here? I, I, how many, Brother Henderson, you remember when you started in the covenant with tithing? You remember what a shock it was when you found out 10%? Like 10%? And what are these people smoking? 10%. And then you started getting, and, and it may not have been the first week or the second week, but all of a sudden you started going, wait a minute. With the 90 or 85% I have left over, I actually have more than when I kept the hundred. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just keep doing it. And you keep doing it. And sometimes people go months and even years before they get the full knowledge or wisdom of it. And then when they get what we call the revelation of it, it's like, you could, I'm going to tell you if they were an atheist tomorrow, you couldn't get them to stop tithing. Because God blessed their life. They see the blessing of God in the covenant of tithing offering. Hey, Amen. I ain't got time to get into all that. I, I, I might should. We talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil on Sunday. Remember that in the garden? That belonged to the Lord. Did I talk about that? And how, how that, that tree was even symbolic pre-Melchizedek of what God has ownership of in our life. He said to, 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 uh, he said to Adam, you can have any tree in this place. All of it's used. I gave it to you. But there's one thing that belongs to me and God. When God says something belongs to him, don't you touch it. And you ask even Adam how it went when they touched what was his. Matter of fact, you talk to, talk to uh, Uzzah who touched the ark that wasn't his. When God says it's mine, you, you might as well give it to him. And when they touched what belongs to the Lord, the Lord, a man, had to banish them. In Malachi it says um, that they're cursed with a curse, right? And they said, why what? Because you have robbed me and tithed an offer. Well, how could we rob you? He says, you withheld from Because that belongs to the Lord. That 10% is not mine. It's, it's his. I'm staying, in, I'm staying in my part of the garden and I'm giving him his. Well, I don't understand why God would have just, it was only one tree. In, in this lavish Eden, Amen? But you start following that because you see it, even when you didn't understand it completely. I'll give you one more example. The revelation of the mighty God in Christ. I believed it most of my life, even though, or up until the point I saw it, I believed it even though I didn't understand it. Does that make sense? Okay, I believe in electricity. I, I don't really understand it. I know this much, I don't mess with it. You know why? Because it's shocking. <laughs> but I, I believed in the oneness of God, in the mighty God in Christ. I knew that Trinitarianism did not line up with the Bible. I knew that. And I knew there was one God, and I knew Jesus Christ was the mighty God in Christ. But I remember the day when my belief became an understanding. 
I've known people been in church for 25, 30 years. I was in, I've been in churches preaching, and all of a sudden you preach on the oneness of God and seeing people just get up and go berserk dancing and shouting and worshiping. You think, oh, they're getting a blessing. And then have them come and tell me later, I saw it for the first time tonight. I got it. You say, well, that's not possible. Well, ask Simon Peter. He believed it. And then, all of a sudden, he got the revelation. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Bar-Jonah. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto thee, thou art Peter. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What he was saying was, you had a belief, but God has now revealed it to you. I'm talking about knowing the will of God. I can remember... Uh, when that revelation started flowing into my life and when I began to see it uh, while, while listening and uh, singing that old song, uh, the mighty God is Jesus, the Prince of Peace is He. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. The fullness of the Godhead, it's all in Him. Amen. I, it came to me through one of the old songs. It came to me, not just through teaching and preaching, but through the song. It came to me, that revelation through the old song, uh, there shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find. Through the waterway, it is the light today. Baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sins and the Holy Ghost will enter in. The evening light has come. It is the fact that God and Christ are one. And I remember when it went from I believe it to I see it. And now I can't unsee it. Knowing the will of God comes in that same way. We don't obey just because we understand. We obey because it's his word. Amen. And you may not understand why you can't rob Wells Fargo. But you better obey and just not do it. All right? Now, I'm using an extreme example. But we obey even when we don't fully understand. Amen? So, so I'm going to obey. The Word is there. The Word of God says it. I may not have a revelation of it, but I'm going to obey it anyways. I'm talking about knowing the will of God. People are so confused with the will of God in their life. But Paul says in Romans 11 and 12, chapters 11 and 12 that the will of God is not so hard to find when you have presented yourself a living sacrifice in particular your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable that means to tell me that anything outside of holiness is not acceptable to the Lord don't shout me down when I'm preaching good holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world you see he's still connecting these two things your body a living sacrifice your body being holy your holy body being acceptable unto God your holy body being acceptable unto God and being the most minimal service we give to the Lord and then he says don't be conformed to this world don't be conformed to this world with your body then he says, 
Be not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you will get your body holy and acceptable, a living sacrifice unto God when you do not conform to this world, the ways of this world. You will get a better understanding of what it means to live dead, to live dead to the flesh, dead to the sin when you transform your mind and don't let it be conformed to the world. Because if your mind gets conformed to this world, you'll have a hand on your hip, foot tap and attitude. Well, I don't see it and I don't know why and that church over there don't do it. They don't do it and they don't. See, you got to get in the word. Matter of fact, the Bible says you are saved by the washing and the regenerating. You got to get the word and you got to wash your mind with the word because your carnal, corrupt mind is all always going to find a way out of the will of God but the Holy Ghost in you the Holy Ghost in you God says I am trying to get you to reflect outside what I am inside it's a Holy Ghost it needs to be a holy body does this make sense tonight just make sense tonight Amen. It's a Holy Ghost in us. It needs to be a holy body following after the Holy Ghost in us. Amen. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed unto this world, but be you. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be patterned after this world. Don't be formed after this world. Don't be shaped after this world. Don't let your body be, be following every trend of the world and every fad of the world. Don't let your mind lust after and desire the things of the world. Don't let your mind see the world and say, I need more of that because the more I have of the world, the less I have of him. But the more I have of him, the less I have of the world. And I can't have both of them because no man can serve two masters. I've got to, I've got to understand that if I'm going to be holy, then I've got to be separate. Amen. I know it's 2023 and they're too afraid to preach this even in Pentecostal churches. But this is a Pentecostal apostolic church and we're going to stay in the word. That's why the Bible... That's why God said, wherefore come out from among them. Who is the them? Them is the world. Them is Egypt. Them is the lost. Them is the pattern after the kingdom of man, the kingdom of hell. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. Come out from among them. You gotta come out from the liars and the hypocrites and the cheaters and the drunkards and the drug addicts. Say, well, they ain't all that bad. Well, you gotta come out of the lusters and you gotta come out of those that are rilers and, and people of wrath. You gotta come out... Well, who is them? Those are some pretty good people. No, no, no. You've got to come out from among them. The word them there actually denotes that people that are not of the covenant. Why do you think David said to Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistine? You want to know why? Because David was letting him know you're not in the covenant that I'm in. You're not in the covenant that I'm in. I'm in the covenant that God established with Moses. Amen. Come out from among them, he said, and touch not the unclean thing. Now watch this. We said, well, God just accepts. He does accept us to a point. He accepts us in salvation. But to walk with him, we've got to come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Then he said, I will receive you unto me. You will be my people. I will be your God. You will be my children. I will be your father. 
Now, this crushes postmodern theology. For whosoever will, let him come. It doesn't mean whosoever will is accepted just as they are. So, no, he accepted me just that. Yes, he loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you where he found you. I mean, that's like having the ability to help somebody who's homeless on the street and just walking up and giving them the hot dog and say, I love you, but you got four empty apartments you own. Hello? He said, come out from among them, be your separate, touch not the unclean thing. Then, then you shall be my people, and then I shall be your God. Then you'll be my children. Then I will be your father. What was he trying to say is if you want to know the will of God, the very fundamental part of the will of God is to know to come out from the world. We want kingdom come. We want his will to be done. God's not going to spell everything out to you and say, shouldn't read that book, shouldn't watch that, shouldn't go. He's not going to spell everything out, but what he is going to do is he's going to lead you. And if you'll be sensitive to the spirit, well, I, I went to a, a cocaine party and I didn't feel convicted. Well, then you don't got the Holy Ghost. You don't got the Holy Ghost. Well, I was at a strip joint, and I didn't feel God tell me. Well, then you don't got, you, you wouldn't know God if he hit you in the head with a sledgehammer. Because if you had any discernment of God in you, he would say, no, 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 we don't go there. Matter of fact, you got the Holy Ghost, you'll walk in and start feeling unclean. Start feeling uncomfortable. Something, something just ain't right in this place. Something just a little off. Uh, 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 brother uh, Roberto and I were at a conference last year in Reno and we stayed at a uh, uh, you know everything in Reno is, is casinos maybe that's why they call it Reno Reno Casino and so we, they, the, the, we got out late after church and there was nowhere to eat but in the casino and we had to walk the whole length I, I can't remember what the, the uh, hotel we were in and we had to walk the whole we said where's your restaurant where's the restaurant that's open they said oh it's in the back corner you know, like I know where the back corner is. And I said, well, how do, you know, how do we do this? They said, well, you got to go all the way across the floor to the other end, and then you hang a left end, and you go about halfway down, and then you turn, Peppermill, that's where it was. Then you turn right, and that's the only restaurant that's left. You know, we had been at Spanish Conference. They don't know how to get out of church before midnight. I mean, they sang till 9 o'clock, dear Lord. Brother Roberto texted me. He said, Pastor, I'm here at the service. Like, service started at 7. It's like 7.45. He said, where are you at? I said, I'll be there in about an hour and a half. They, they might be ready to start service by then. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? And they don't even get to preach on the floor until after 9. And so we get in. There's no, and, and we're, we're walking. And so we had to walk. We had to walk all the way across the floor, you know. And they got one-armed bandits everywhere. And people's putting money in. They're rolling dice. And they're playing. And I'm just walking around. And in my mind, I'm just thinking, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just thinking how stupid this is. You are taking your hard-earned money and you are feeding it. You, hey, give me the money. I can do something better. And they're just pumping their money into it, and they're happy about it. You want to know why alcohol's free in a casino? Because no smart, sober person would pour their money knowing they're going to lose most of the time. 
I know somebody one time said, I always win. You lying, you're so deceived. You don't even know. If you always win, they'd never let you back in the door. They make money off you losing. And so we're walking through there. And I, I don't know how many times I turned to Brother Roberto. And we're walking by there and they're throwing dice. And I looked at and I said, man, I just feel so yuck in here. I feel so, I just feel so unclean. And, I look, and, I, and we'd get, man, by the time I got over to the restaurant, I, thought I, I felt like I needed to take a shower. And just walk and see, see, there's some things that the Holy Ghost going to quicken in you. Amen. Say, no, 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 no. See, see, you, you, see, you're a child of light. You don't belong in a place of darkness. Amen. You're learning the will of God. I don't have to pray about some things in my life. Amen. If something is going to take me out of the will of God, I don't got to pray about whether I should follow it or not. Amen. I don't have to pray about taking a job that only lets me come to church once a month. I ain't got to pray about that because I belong in the will of God. It, it, I don't have to pray about God wants me to do something that's going to cause me to miss being in the house of God. I ain't even got to pray about that. That's not the will of God because the will of God said forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. So I don't even have to pray about it. It's the will of God. So I'm going to walk and don't worry, I was already going to preach this for three weeks. Amen. And, and, and so you got to know the will of God but there's that understanding of knowing the will of God. You're going to struggle with the will of God, finding the will of God, knowing the will of God, understanding the will of God, comprehending the will of God. You're going to struggle with that if you have not learned to present your body holy. Present your bodies a living sacrifice holy that is separate, sanctified, separate unto the Lord. It's hard to discern the will of God in your life when you still think you've got a right to do things that displease God. Well, I don't see it like that. You don't have to see it like that. It's in his word. He, he, this, is, this is why verse 34 of chapter 11 in Romans, I read in your hearing, this is why Paul said this, for who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor? In other words, what Paul is saying to the church at Rome is, God doesn't need your advice to be God. He does not need anyone to counsel him in wisdom and knowledge or in his ways because they are past finding out. But if you want to know him in knowledge and wisdom, then you must present your bodies a living sacrifice. Y'all getting tired of that yet? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed unto this world, but be you renewed by the, by the transforming of your mind. Why do I need to be renewed by the transforming of my mind? Why do I need to live holy and separate from the world in sin? Because the only way I'm going to know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is totally dependent on whether I am living sacrificially to the Lord. Amen. Amen. But I, I want, but pastor, I just want, separate want from God's acceptance. Because if we're not careful, we can deceive ourselves to think God is okay with chasing desires that displease him. 
if we're not careful, we will construct for ourselves a version of God that will accept my issues. Oh, I know it's probably a sin for them, but not for me. God, you know, see, me and God got an understanding. No, it's not, it's not how it works. Is this all right tonight? Pretty, pretty I, I know it's stout for it. We're in the holy three weeks here of vision and service and Sunday of sacrifice. But I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if we're praying kingdom come, thy will be done, you are praying a useless prayer if you're not sacrificed to the Lord. Because when kingdom comes and his will is to be done, you'll be as lost as a one-winged goose in a hurricane. You want, where do I go? Ah, where am I going? You've got to know the will of God. That was my best goose impression. <laughs> Sounded more like a parrot, but I think everybody got the point. Oh, oh. I think they honk, right? Oh. I know they're annoying. Them Canadian goose are mean. Can't stand them things. But how are you going to know kingdom come, his will be done? How are we going to be able to do that? if we've not even begun to leave his, live his word completely. And, 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 and Sister Elva, I'm not talking about uh, living his word at a 10th at a grade level or, or at a master's or a PhD or a postgraduate level. Maybe, maybe everybody else's Bible's different. Like, can you help me out? I know you got new glasses and they work really good. What, what is that word? Reasonable. Reasonable. We're not talking about something that's above and beyond. He said reasonable. If we don't get that part, then we're never going to get the will of God. Not the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Because the only way we get that, see, y'all are so awesome, but some of y'all are too dependent on pastor. You're waiting for me to tell you what the will of God is. I can't tell you what the will. You, I have people come to me and say, Pastor, pray for me. Well, this is the will of God, you know, whether I take this job or that job. And I'll say, I'll pray with you. But it's rare that I come back and say yes or no. You want to know why? Because if they get that new job and it's terrible, guess who they blame? <laughs> well, Pastor, you told me you felt it was the will of God and I took that job and I'm telling you, I'll pray with you. Am I doing all right tonight? I'm, I'm looking at my timer, don't worry. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed unto this world. That word world does not mean cosmos in the Greek. Cosmos 
is where we get uh, universe, world, the cosmos. The word world there means eons or age. Agos, it's the age that we live in. Be not conformed to this age. There are some things that God's going to require of you as a born-again believer that you're going to have to turn away from. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that. Why? Well, because I just, you know, my convictions, my, what the Bible's, well, I go to church too. So are you, t- this is what the, you telling me I'm lost? I, no, I'm just telling you what the word says. Well, I've been going to church since Noah's Ark landed on top of the mountain. And my preacher ain't ever told me that. Well, I'm, we're not debating what your preacher and your church teaches. I'm just talking about, isn't it funny how when you get a conviction or a word from God, that requires commitment and separation. Isn't it amazing the amount of Bible scholars that are out there? I don't believe that. Well, I'm sorry, but I wasn't asking what you believe. I'm telling you what the Word of God said. And I, I, I don't come from a lineage of preachers. I don't come from a lineage of super educated people. But I come from a lineage. I'm fifth generation apostolic. And my great aunt Sue, she was a teacher, a Bible teacher in the church. They wouldn't call her a preacher because they didn't believe in women preachers. But she could out-preach most of the men. And my great aunt Sue told us all the time. She said, I'd rather get to heaven. Y'all can finish this, right? I'd rather get to heaven with a, teasp- with a, a wheelbarrow too much than a teaspoon too little. I'm going to do what the words. If I get to heaven and God looks at me and goes, you know what, some of that stuff, it, you know, I wouldn't even worry about that. Well, hallelujah. But I'd rather that than get to heaven and God say this one thing. You say, well, I don't think God will do that. We well, read your Bible. He told the church in Asia, I have this one thing against you. You got all this other stuff going right, but you miss this one thing, that you are rich and increased with goods in need of. See, that's where we we lean too much on the blessing of God. We think because we got a nice home, a good job, and a nice car, that God's going to accept that. God says, no, I'm not blessing you because you're always right. I'm blessing you because I'm good. I'm blessing you because I'm faithful and I want to be I'm so glad God doesn't burn my britches every time I mess up the Bible said it is the goodness of God that leadeth man to repent what time did I start <laughs> hey man I'm just kidding I'm, I'm winding down I'm winding down I, I, I feel like I hadn't had a a long time on the midweek to really teach and, and then next next week we, we got our deals and then um, and, and then the week after that there's service and then that's two more weeks so uh, and Lord could come back by then or you know we could all be swept up in a tornado and end up in a weird land where there's a bunch of midgets that run up and down yellow brick roads 
Amen. So, <laughs> follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, it's okay to laugh. Pastor, watch out. Your humor could offend people. It only offends prideful people. People that think so highly of themselves that we should walk on eggshells. Really, offense, being offended is one of the greatest forms of pride there is. Don't shout me down while I'm telling the truth. But, so when we got all these people running around, I'm offended by this, I'm offended by that, call me this, I'm that, my gender, my pronoun. They are so prideful that they want to force you to play into their delusion. Sorry. Mm-mm. Not going to be mean about it, but anyway. You want to know the will of God. It only comes through living a holy and acceptable. That means there are things I'm going to have to say no to. Listen, I, 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 can't, I can't be in every club. I can't be in every group. I can't do every activity because I'm living wholly acceptable unto the Lord. I was just talking with somebody the other day. Brother Lucas, give him hope. I was talking with somebody the other day. Um, he's a, he's a, a businessman, entrepreneur. Matter of fact, this, this, this man's got a lot of things going, a young man. And uh, we got, I've told you about him. He, uh, he trains professional athletes, uh, more specifically uh, professional quarterbacks and pitchers. And he lives in, in uh, San Antonio. We got connected on Twitter. And uh, he's got a very, very successful uh, business. Matter, matter of fact, there, he started the company. And now he has three other full-time trainers in his company that are all former NFL players or major league pitchers one of them is a Cy Young award winner he also has a real estate business and he, and he does really really well and when I was in Alabama in December uh, he he messaged me and he said he said pastor can I make an appointment I want to call and talk to you I got some things I want to talk about and I said sure I absolutely and he said well what time will work I gave him a time and so he he goes you mind if I FaceTime with you I said you know that's fine just want you to know though I'm it's going to be a little windy. I'm, I'm here in Alabama, and I'm going to need to step outside. That's fine. And uh, so he, he FaceTimed me, and he said, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to some decisions in, in, my, in my business, in my companies, that they're both growing exponentially. And uh, he, is, he is training two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, and he is training... I think seven out of the ten top pitching prospects coming out of high school going into the major leagues. And he said, our, our, our training is just, it's, it's, it's going, it's exponential. He said, our real estate business, exponential. And he said, I just, he said, I want to talk to you because I know, I know you're a man of God. I, I know you're a man of faith. He said, I know that, you know, we have an, uh, an acquaintance. And he said, and I, I'm a Christian. I don't know what type he is, doesn't matter. He says, and I believe in God. Now, I, I just, I wanted to talk to you because I feel like you might would have some, some wisdom. And he begins to explain the situation. And uh, 
he had remembered something I'd told him last year because he was telling me he was about to make a decision. Then he went on to tell me how he's just, they got a newborn baby and he's exhausted, da, da, da. And my first deal was to him was um, don't make decisions when you're tired. Well, in hindsight, that saved him a whole business because he was about to make a bad choice. Long story short, we start talking. And he says, they want me to do this. And there's this opportunity, this opportunity. And I just stopped him. I said, Stephen, I said, you need to learn the value of a no and the power of a yes. And he's literally taking notes while we're talking. Now, never we, we were... We were sitting in Alabama, and I said, what I mean by that is, excuse me, let me flip it, the power of a no and the value of a yes. And I said, what I mean by that is, is if you say yes to everything, you devalue yourself. And people think that if they say no, that it cheapens themselves. And I said, no needs to be the most powerful word in your vocabulary. You need to say no to some things. This opportunity that you have, you, you, you need to say no to it. And I, he said, but, but I think I can do it. And I said, but you need to say no once. He texted me the, the next week and he said no. Came, they offered him 45% more than they were going to pay him for this contract because he said no. You need to learn the value of a no and the power of a yes. I said you can't just go saying yes to everything and feeling guilty for your no. You've got to learn the value of being able to say no to some things because the more no's you give, the more powerful your yes becomes. Are you hearing me right now? I'm going to make this a spiritual application. You need to learn the power of saying no to things in your life. I'm not even talking about no to sin. You should already know to say no to sin. But there are some things. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm telling you. I've been, I've been, I've been going to teach this for th three or four weeks now. You need to learn to say no to some things that are going to distract you from the will of God. And it's not even a sin. Brother Henderson's a, a successful entrepreneur. That was probably a pretty hard lesson to learn to tell some people no. When you've got your own business, you want to say yes to everybody. Yeah, more yeses mean more money, but more yeses means more stress. And the fact of the matter is not everybody was worthy of your business. Right? But by saying no to some that may have given you a short-term gain, it opened up the power to say yes to a bigger company that gave you a long-term increase. Y'all get the, the... You've got to learn to say no to some things. Not because they're sin, because they're not the will of God. Now, one can argue not being in the will of God is a sin, and I guess you can make that case. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about learning to say no 
and it will give more value to my yes because I'm giving my yeses to him because the more yeses I give here the more no's I have to give here I've ran way over my time. I'm sorry. If you don't learn to say no here, see, here's the problem. When we say no here, we have to see the face. When we say no here, it's an invisible entity we're saying it to. We don't see the effect. You've only got so many yeses to give. If you want to know the will of God, You've got to be comfortable saying no to things that are going to take you out of what God's calling you to do. Amen. Am I helping anybody tonight or is it just... I, I, I didn't even get to Ephesians, but I was gonna go I mean I just ran all over my notes um, let, let me give you this example I promise I get, just give me a couple minutes and we're gonna stand and pray and hopefully you'll forgive me brother I, I've, I've asked brother Garza to help me um, to help me with my calendar the last couple years because it just starts getting full and I end up I've got a, my wife told me has told me before your heart's bigger than your head. And it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not an insult. What she's saying is, your heart is in the right place. Sometimes you don't really think through the yeses you give. And, I mean, we'd be going on vacation, and I'd spend four or five days of our vacation preaching for every church planner and every church that, because, oh, we heard you're in there. I'd bring suits. I had no intention to go to, to, to be preaching. And, and then they'd find out we were in there and call it, hey, Brother Wisnett, would you come preach for us? Oh, my God, this is the will of God that you're in our city. It's the will of God. You're within 130 miles of us. And, and I know you're on vacation, but I, it's the will of God. You need to come preach for my church. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I rarely get time with my family like that. And I just, my, my heart's bigger than my head. Okay, I'll go. I can't tell me how many times. How many times take three days three or four days out of a seven, eight day vacation that I'm out preaching and I don't get that time. And so my, my wife, one of the last times she went in my suitcase and started pulling slacks out. She's not even taking a pair of slacks. And we go, we're going to get you for a week. We're not going to share you three days over here. And, that, and I thank God for that. So I had to ask Brother Garza to help me. And because it, 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 it doesn't take long for the calendar starts. I can't say yes to everybody. Somebody called blowing him up. We got to get Pastor Wisnett to preach our youth conference. And, 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 and can he make it on this date? And I said, no. Well, can he make it on this date? And I said, no. Can he make it? I was like four dates. I said, tell, I, said I said, you tell them, go ahead and plan the conference. And if I can make it, I'll get there. How about that? Why? Because to preach that one. I would lose a weekend to be able to be where God's calling to me to be in Woodland. 
And then God also having us have an impact in, in Thailand and the Philippines and in to South America. And if I say yes to this and yes to this and yes to this, I'm going to be given too many no's to where God's called me to. I don't like saying no. I like saying yes. Are you with me? So it's not that that meeting was a sin. It was just a distraction. And I've got to be able, you've got to be able to know that which is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If something's going to keep me from my ministry, it's not the will of God. Amen. Amen. I can't let it happen like that. I know what I'm called to. I know God's purpose in my life. I, I can't. It's not that it's a sin. It's a, I can stay in the perfect, acceptable will of God for my life. And in doing that, I've got to learn to say no so that my yes has power. And here's what my yes is going to be. Yes, Lord. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. Y'all still love me? I'm, I'm so glad because you'd go to hell if you didn't. Yes. We used to sing. Hold on a second. Just, just, just give We used to sing. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Sing that with me. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say I will and what? Obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart I'll agree and my answer will Yes, Lord. So that means I'm going to have to say no to some things that are fun. I'm going to have some no's for family from time to time. I'm going to have some no's for my job so that I can put priority on my yes. But if I say no, I'm missing out. You're trusting in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to be in the will of God. I want to live in the will of God. I want to walk in the will of God. I want to trust the ways of God. You've got to trust His Word 
when you cannot understand his ways. You've got to trust his words. Well, I don't know why I can't. Why can't I? Why? Why must I say no? Just trust his word when his ways are not understandable. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Say, I'm not letting anything get between me and the will of God. No person's going to get between me and the will of God. No thing's going to get between me and the will of God. No, no, no friend, no job, nothing is going to get between me and what God has for my life. And every time my flesh rises up and says, I don't like it, I'm going to grab it by the nose and I'm going to put it to the, on the altar and I'm going to say, not your will, his will be done. His kingdom. Come. Would you lift your hands right now? Would you just pray right where you are? Hallelujah. I believe the Lord's speaking to situations here. I believe with all my heart God's given direction. God right now, I believe, has spoke to not just a few, but to several people in this place right now that God tonight has begun to give you some wisdom, some understanding, some direction. Amen. Some things you were saying no to that God's saying yes. Some things you were saying yes to that God's saying no. Amen. And God is beginning to open your understanding because if you pray for wisdom, if you pray for it, he'll give it to you. And his word is giving it to you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Oh God, help me to trust your words when I cannot understand your ways, when my flesh desires it, when my mind tries to convince me it's okay. God, let the conviction of your spirit, let my trust in you begin to override whatever it is that my flesh would say or my mind would say, Lord, I want to trust in you with all my heart. Hallelujah. I want to follow after your will and your purpose, Lord, 2023. I committed on Sunday was going to be the year that your kingdom manifest, your kingdom come, your kingdom revealed in my life. Your will be done in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody that wants to come to the altar for just two or three minutes and just put yourself on that altar right now and just say, God, oh Lord, help me to live. Help me to live. Help me to present my body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto you, which is my reasonable service. Help me to not be conformed unto this world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I might be able to prove that which is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in such a mighty way in this place. I feel such a beautiful touch of the presence of God. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe God's given wisdom. God's given understanding to somebody. Before you give that yes, is it going to affect the kingdom? Is it going to affect my position in the kingdom? Before I give that yes, is it going to affect what God wants me to do in the kingdom? Because if it does, I've got to learn the power of a no. I've got to say, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Oh, God, I want your kingdom to be manifest in my life. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
one more time, just lift your voice and say, yes, Lord. I want to say more yeses to you. I want you to be the King and the Lord of my life and the mighty... Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.